0: You know, sometimes a week can feel like an eternity. It's been over a week since the Phoenix Suns played basketball, last doing so against the Houston Rockets. Tonight, Thursday, they went to Oklahoma City to play the lowly Thunder. And although the final score was a 20-point victory for the Phoenix Suns, Matthew, it felt closer. I mean, hell, this game went to clutch time, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it kind of did. Doing it. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, well, Sorry. All right. Great start to the pod. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it was funny. We were talking about that before. <laughs> um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. So I think this is basically what. What do we. What do we really miss with Chris Paul? this is exactly how the Suns play with Chris Paul? I feel like they just keep it close till the end, till crunch time and that's what they did tonight
0: <laughs> yes yes indeed and i I've, i apologize to anybody who's listening to the pod uh matthew and i before the pod we were just joking around and for some reason when i get really close to the camera and i look at him when he's talking <laughs> we both can't stop laughing so that's literally how i opened the pod when matthew was talking so uh clearly this is a reminder if you're listening to the podcast go over to the youtube feed every now and then check us out give us a watch You know, yeah, we have faces for radio, if you will, but we still do a YouTube (laughs) channel. So you can come by, you can subscribe, you can like, you can rate, you can review, you can hit the thumbs up button, you can do all that stuff, and you can see me get really close to the camera when I talk to Matthew and freak him out. It's kind of, it's all part of the experience, Clark. Uh, But yes, Matthew's right, you know, this this team playing against a, a hungry Thunder team that's you know, young and dumb and full of guys who literally look like they're coming off of my player benches in NBA 2K because I don't know who any of them are, uh, put up a fight as as you definitely expected that they would. But the Phoenix Suns in clutch time did what they always do. And what is that? That has come out uh, when it got down to five minutes, uh, five minutes and five points, that's right where it was, they ended the game on a 21 to six run and ultimately put this team away by a total of 20 points. So, you know, Matthew, the, the Suns are still as advertised, it's okay. Everyone can uh, can breathe a little easier tonight.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually thinking: uh, should we trade Chris Paul? Like, should we actually trade him this offseason to see what we can get to build this team and get young? Right?
0: Yeah, might as well. I mean, might as blow, well get
1: rid of him, dude. We don't need him.
0: blow it up. I mean, point book uh, till I die. Uh, all that stuff's gonna work. So, just obviously <laughs> we're being facetious, uh, but this is a reminder to anybody who is watching along live. Uh, again, hit that thumbs up button, Matthew. Are you going to be drinking with me tonight?
1: You know, I just have water tonight, so I'll drink one tomorrow night, though for sure.
0: Oh well, I'm not going to be on the show tomorrow night. I know, our 300th I'm episode.
1: I'm celebrating, dude. I even <sighs> have poppers and everything. Oh, the poppers man. You, see, you smell? <laughs> Uppers
0: and downers and side waiters, and yeah, we have our 300th episode tomorrow, and I'll be flying home to Phoenix. So uh, hopefully, I'll. I'll pop on the back one of that I'll, while you're doing poppers i'll be popping on to the back end of that show just to uh, congratulate ourselves right, on 300 uh, right, but I'm, I'm gonna have myself a nice anchor brewing brewery a brewery brewery pop it open talk about a Suns win you know how it goes The Phoenix Suns defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder by a final score of 124 to 104. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I've got to ask considering we are navigating our first game without CP3 in quite some time. It's been over a year since we've last not had Chris Paul in the starting lineup. Uh, do you expect Monty Williams to continue to roll out this lineup that he did tonight, this starting lineup with Devin Booker, uh, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton? Do you expect him to roll out this lineup with regularity with CP3 out, or does he insert Alfred Payton or Aaron Holiday based on the matchup?
1: Yeah, so when's uh, – when's, or not Payton, um, when's – What's the cam Cameron pain coming back? Is he coming back talk because I know like his uh his issue with his wrist is kind of mad, eh. so I guess we can just move on from that. But uh, even Kota Kid in the comments, Holiday needs to start, so you know, I was thinking maybe, but I think Cam Johnson, I mean, he's the next guy up really off that bench. I mean, in the way Holiday and Torrey Craig kind of hold it down, you know, defensively and they can hit big shots in the corner, they were hitting their threes tonight. When that happens, the shaman has a decent game where he can hit two shots in one game, I think you have that <laughs> firepower come off the bench where you can start Cameron Johnson. I like the way, uh, we'll probably get into it later, but I love the way that Holiday and Craig and McGee play off the bench. I think they're a dynamic trio defensively and, you know, offensively. Of course, McGee will have his ups and downs all game long, but those three really play well off of each other, kind of like the way I like Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and uh, DeAndre Ayton starting. Um, So what was your question again?
0: Well, do you think that Bonnie Williams is going to adjust his starting lineup based on matchup, or are we going to continue to see Devin Booker at at the starting point guard?
1: No, I like Book. I like Point Book. Yeah, I I mean... back. he was tonight. clearly,
0: clearly effective tonight. Devin Booker put up that final stat line of 25 points. He also had 12 assists, five rebounds, five uh, six steals. I'm sorry, uh, shot nine for 16 from the field. So a lot less than he's normally doing because he he's facilitating. And you know, it it definitely poses a very interesting question. You know, uh, you brought up the right point right off the bat. It all depends on campaign's health. When campaign is healthy once again, I believe that campaign will get these starts with Chris Paul out, and Devin Booker will still play a, of the majority of his time in a facilitator role because I feel like campaign is almost like a two guard. Uh, but in the meantime, I think that they went with this lineup tonight because it made them very long, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are a long team. I mean, when you have SGA as your starting point guard, he's a long. What is he? Six foot six. You know, he's just, I he's always a, say
1: everyone's six foot six. So this is just a, true. You're Steve six Nash, two. six foot six, Muggsy six, Bokes, six, dude. <laughs> six, six, well, five,
0: six. No, man. Uh, So I, like, I, I don't know the answers to the, my own question that I post you because I think that it was matchup based tonight. It'll be interesting to see how the Phoenix Suns navigate that starting lineup tomorrow when they play against the Pelicans. Uh, But point book, I mean, the, the experiment worked all of those years of him having to try to carry this team, not only from a primary scoring standpoint, but from a primary playmaking standpoint, is going to allow him to be successful over these next, you know, potentially 20 games that we have without Chris Paul. And definitely enjoyed what we saw out of him tonight. Uh, I'm going to go the other way, though, on your comment when it comes to Aaron Holiday, Torrey Craig, and JaVale McGee. I thought they had rough game or rough stints of the game. In this game, the second quarter was god-awful for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you, you look at how that one played out, and the, the Suns were outscored 31-17 to 17 by the Oklahoma City Thunder. This Oklahoma City Thunder put a 17-3 to 3 run against the Phoenix Suns, and Landry Shamit had nine minutes in that quarter, quarter. Aaron Holiday had six. Torrey Craig had six. JaVale McGee had four. So that was kind of the rest quarter after the Phoenix Suns' long starting lineup did a fantastic job. Uh, creating havoc, creating turnovers and and scoring opportunities off of those turnovers, that second team unit didn't carry that energy over the way that I wanted to. Now, the mixing and matching of some of those players at the back end of the game with more of the starters allowed them to be successful. And ultimately, Aaron Holiday ends uh, with a total of 12 points and five assists on this game. But I I, I wanted a little bit more from that second unit. And, And again, that's just me being greedy. You know, we win by 20, and here I am be like, no. The second unit for five minutes in the second played like shit, Matthew. Uh, But that's initially what I saw and thought.
1: Well, just wait till we get to eat and watch. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, you know what? I think um, those three. I just like the way they kind of. It, it wasn't anything perfect, but I like the way that they play off of each other. Of course, they can groom and get better as the season goes along. Um, I just think there's something there. I kind of don't want to mess with it. Kind of just how you know, I saw Shamit coming along and having a good, you know, one game, and he had the body language that was really great. And then he would come out and he played good the next game. Um, you kind of saw that from them. I think that. If you put Aaron Holiday in at the starting point guard, I just I like Holiday coming in off the bench playing defense. And Nicholas Tan brought it up too. Devin Booker had six steals tonight, and he had four in the first half. Like he yeah. you know, you have that where Book is gonna play that way for the rest of his career, right? I mean, he's just a defender now, he's a guy that's really gonna go after the ball on defense, and to kind of have that come off the bench, or if you want to have that mixed with Aaron Holliday. Starting the game, that's fine, I guess. But honestly, I like Aaron Holiday coming off the bench because then you have that backup defense coming off the bench too. And then Shannon brings it too. Shamit's doing, doing a really good job defensively. I like his effort on defense.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll start with your observations of Booker on defense and the Aaron Holliday starting uh conversation. I'm with you. I, I definitely think that there's going to be stretches throughout the games. And we saw tonight where you do bring in Aaron, Holl- Aaron holiday for a few minutes while Devin Booker's out there. So Devin Booker can f- slot into his normal role. And you saw that and Aaron holiday has the capacity to be an effective uh, playmaker. Again, we saw that tonight, 24 minutes, five assists with those 12 points. So he he definitely will allow Devin Booker to kind of take a break from a playmaking standpoint. Uh, and Shamit too, you know, I'll I'll give Shamit his due. Okay. I'm not going to, he hasn't earned the drop. He has not earned the drop, but Shamit played 20 minutes tonight. He was three for nine from the field, two for six from deep, 10 points, uh, one assist, two rebounds, but he was pesky on defense. He was getting his hands in the passing lanes. He was doing what he could to, uh, cause ball deflections. And he was just, you know, manning up and fighting through screens. He was doing a lot of those things on the defensive end that, I was happy to see him back on the court. I'm not going to lie, especially with Chris yeah. Paul going down and your guard depth is going to be tested. You need every asset you can out there. And yeah, he hit two threes. Uh, one of them I felt was actually a very well-timed three. It was in a kind of a scoring drought for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I, I think when they when that that 17-3 to run happened for the Oklahoma City Thunder, the only three points were from Landry Shammott. So, I know. you know, I, again, I offensively he's got a long way to go in my eyes but as long as he's putting in that defensive effort that's what is that's the backbone of the Phoenix Suns you know it's the one thing that we don't necessarily talk about too much is just how effective they are from a defensive standpoint I mean they have the third best defensive rating in the league and as long as they're focused on that end of the floor like as you mentioned like Devin Booker has definitely uh, engaged on that area of the floor and he was doing so in the all-star game. That's what allows this team to be successful. And because they carry that, that uh, defensive mantra throughout the entire game, it's easier for them to just kind of zone in and play that way in that last five minutes. That's why they held the thunder to six points while they went and scored 21 in the clutch last five minutes of the game. So it definitely is a, an opportunity for Landry Shamet during this time, but as long as he's playing a little bit of defense, uh i'll be happy but at the same time he ain't getting his drop back not anytime soon
1: no not yet and uh he he needs to make a few more shots but i kind of like how maybe he can just focus more on defense and the way the game was playing i didn't think he had that many attempts so i didn't notice him as much Mm -hmm. um but i did listen to like half the game on the radio so maybe that's why um (laughs) but (laughs) you know i think that uh if he can focus on defense and make up for his offensive woes and just kind of take away those attempts and maybe focus elsewhere, I I like that. I think that we need that, obviously, with Chris Paul being gone, so we can take anything that we want. And and the way the second quarter uh, went with the Suns you know, giving up the big run and then OKC coming back, I always feel like that's just like every second quarter for the Suns. I feel like every time they get off to a hot start, the teams come back, even with Chris Paul, and it's just like they let them back in. Either the other team will get close, or else might take the lead. Who knows going into the halftime? But I think that's just the way the Suns play. I think even with Chris Paul and now without him, they didn't really miss a beat on that. You know, I mean, I did, I wasn't too worried about that situation.
0: No, I just again, I it it frustrates <laughs> me when we don't carry over that intensity. Uh, yeah. But again, this is every team in the NBA too. It's like we're the Suns are not the only team who have really good first quarters and really average to below average second quarters. This happens across the NBA. I just, uh, I'm petty, and I know it. I'm petty, and I know it. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah. Uh, one thing, Kenneth Payne, <laughs> Kenneth Payne brings this up. Uh, we miss a lot of wide-open threes. You know, Devin Booker probably would have had about 20 assists tonight if the team could hit threes. I mean, because his gravity is uh, at, w- was so consuming for the Oklahoma City Thunder I mean when he started going to that mid-range they would collapse on him and he was just dishing it left and right hoping that somebody could make a three and for the longest time the team couldn't you know again you look at that second quarter uh the Phoenix Suns shot one for nine from three you know in the first quarter they were one for eight so in that first half alone you know they're Two for 17 from three, (laughs) you know, it's just like, and, and a lot of those were coming off of Devin Booker's passes. If three of those go down, you know, Devin Booker is going for 25 and 15 and all of a sudden sports centers talking about him at least in the first 45 minutes of the show you know they yeah. first got to talk about like the lakers a little bit of aaron Rodgers, uh John ja morant potentially hurting his hip but coming back and playing tonight you know all the uh steph curry hit a three somewhere so they have to talk about that luka dot zion a three zion yeah, zion yeah, Z- somebody <laughs> zion. Right. <laughs> you know? and, then, yeah. and then they would get to that stat line from from yeah. Devin booker uh but again you know I think that the way that the defense was set up for the Oklahoma City Thunder allowed the Phoenix Suns to have a lot of wide-open three-pointers because they were really focused on the pain. It seemed like they had one goal tonight, and that was to stop this man. I I know there's a lot of frustrated fans out there when it comes to DeAndre Ayton's performance tonight, probably because he was receiving a lot of pocket passes. And he was fumbling and bumbling them away. He ends with only six points. He has eight rebounds, three of five from the field, and five turnovers. Matthew, tell me the kind of things you were saying to your television set tonight.
1: No, it's okay. You know, while I was gorging myself with a chicken salad, I might have said a few things that I do regret now because the Suns did win. I knew they would win the game. Um, it's just DA just takes it. He gets that out of me. He gets that frustration where, you know, maybe I had a hard day instead of coming home and abusing somebody. I take it out on DA and the TV. That's all I do. So that's that's good for me. I'm a good American. That's what we're supposed to do, right? The only thing is I didn't have a few beers, but I will tomorrow night. Um, I <laughs> so uh john's really close to the yeah if you're listening john's really close to the camera it's really freaky you can actually see up his nose so i'm gonna keep going <laughs> so da has I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this oh damn i was gonna try to get through it. um da has to he just has to be ready i know it's just the OKC thunder game, but we talked about this before the all-star break when when chris paul got hurt he has to just be ready to play every night. And whether or not they're trying to take him away, I don't feed into that. I think he can just dominate really any game inside. The effort wasn't there. He was toughing and puffing. He was super tired, of course. He wasn't ready, but he did come off of vacation. He wasn't at the all-star break. He was doing his own thing, probably went home to see family, which is fine. It's good. But these games, even if it's not even if the Suns are not playing anybody. He needs to make sure he's actually the, the number two or the number three guy out there to help Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges because Mikael Bridges is the one stepping up to make sure that Booker has the help offensively. Very aggressive, and that's the way Da needs to be. And he can't be fumbling the ball. He has to be ready, even like on the pick and rolls with Devin Booker. What's changing? It's a, it's a name in the back of the jersey. It's not Chris Paul. It shouldn't matter. He should be ready for this he should be ready for these games to really take over and he should easily have like the 25 and 15 game like Booker had tonight with 25 points and 12 assists. DA should just be 25 and 15. And I'm just ignoring the comments because I don't really know what they're saying about DA. I know there's some upset people, but it is kind of frustrating because you know these games are very precious. Tonight's win, you got to tuck it away tonight. You got to you know give it a little kiss because these are very precious wins without Chris Paul. That's so a I just,
0: great point. And
1: I just want DA to make sure that tomorrow night and the, and the rest of the season, he needs to step up in these games and just give it his all. I want to see that attitude. And just really quick, Ryan Rossillo on today's podcast, it might have been yesterday's. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday's. He was talking about, they talked talking about Bam Adebayo I heard or it. DeAndre. which Did you hear that? Which, which player would you want? He said Bam Adebayo right away. Mm-hmm. And the difference is because Bam Adebayo gives his, he plays his ass off every night. DA doesn't. DA doesn't do that. If he did that, everyone would be choosing DA. That's just, I'm done.
0: Well, and the reason Ryan Russell said that is, quite frankly, said you can run your offense through BAM and you can't do that through DA. Uh, He likes DA, obviously. He likes his defensive versatility and how he could be a big man against small lineups. But again, you can't run your offense through him. So uh, I like this because we get to play kind of point counterpoint on here because I'm not frustrated at all with DA's performance tonight. Oh, me neither. Uh yeah, okay. You just went on a good a little Matthew rant. It was actually kind of nice. Uh going through some of the comments in the chat. Uh Ted Lubin, did anyone tell DA the all-star break is over? Hmm. Uh Westville, Butterfingers again. This is a great one. Joshua Josh 77. Dion drop dion drop the ball.
1: <laughs> yeah. Coda Kid's really giving it to me too in there. Uh, <laughs> Coda um, Kid's I'll always to, right about I'll, everything. I'll,
0: I'll get to him because uh, I agree with what he's saying. Uh, after Tiger mm-hmm. Twenty Nine, Aiton dominated the previous matchup versus OKC, and they forced the rest of the Suns to beat them. That's why, as Coda Kid says in the chat, DeAndre got triple teamed tonight, and that's what I felt happen. I'd be interested to go and look at the advanced analytics on this game to see what the touches for DA were because it felt like every time. DeAndre Ayton got the ball. He had a weak side defender coming at him. He had a a guy, his defender was already there. He had a weak side guy coming. And then you had another perimeter player blitzing him. So that was their goal tonight. It appeared that they were going to blitz DA as much as they can. So that's side one of it. And he made a couple bad decisions. Yes, he did. Okay, he's probably not used to getting triple team. But double team I can see, but triple teams, no. Okay, he did have some very nice shots when he had the opportunity to do so. But here's the other thing. You said it's not... You know, the, the only uh, difference between the Devin Booker and Chris Paul is the name, the name on the back of the jersey providing him the ball. I'll, I'll go against you on that one. I think that, you know, we've definitely gone through the growing pains, especially last year, of Chris Paul trying to find exactly how to get DA the ball where he wants it. Devin Booker, whenever he does provide assist to DA, it's typically of the alley oop variety. He's not somebody who runs the pick and roll and then goes for the pocket pass to D.A., nor does Aaron Holiday, as he's been new to this team. So the passes aren't exactly where D.A. is used to it. That while simultaneously a weak side defender is coming on him. So D.A. is rushing. And don't get me wrong. Like, of course, if we want Max D.A. to be Max D.A., you catch that fucking ball and you throw it through the fucking hoop. Period. Okay, that's what Max Da is, and that's why potentially at the back end of the season, the market's going to set what his value truly is on the on the restricted free agent market, and the Suns will pay accordingly based on that. Okay, but I I will give him a pass in this one because it was the Oklahoma City Thunder's. It was their game plan. We are not going to let Da beat us because we know that he can. So they did everything they could, and guess what? It left shooters wide open. And if the Suns had made four more three, I mean, they already won by twenty. But again, they only shot from deep, they went 13 of 34. They went like what, 10 or or 11 for 17 in the second half from 3. They they burned him from 3 in the second half. They would have killed him in the first half because they got all the wide open threes as we mentioned, dude. They were like 2 for 17 in the first half. So, I mean, they really uh the the, the Thunder took DA out of his game. Do should he be better? Yeah. Do we want to be better? Yeah. But you know what? The Oklahoma City Thunder chose a route to try to beat the Suns and it didn't work and they lost by 20. So I can't really, I can't really go after DA in this one personally. Yes. If you watch a highlight and you see him fumble the ball, it's frustrating. You, 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 you throw a few F bombs at the screen, but I didn't throw any of those tonight, Matthew, because I'm a good person. Okay.
1: Yeah, I know. And this is just a frustration I will always have, I think, until of we win a championship with him until he carries us because, I, my whole thing is with the Suns, it all relies on DA. And when I just see these games, it just sets me back. And I know the triple team bullshit, what all that stuff is. I don't, I don't care. I just, from what I'm watching on the, on the court, I just, I want him to be more vocal point. And that's just me. All right. Whatever Monty wants to do, and Kota Kidd even said, it's probably on Monty not running the offense to DA. And I'm sure that's all it is. All right. Well, it's just he, me to get a fan chance to. Me. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, I just, I get scared, all right? I just – I get scared. It's going to be okay. I get it's upset. It's going to be okay because, I again, just think something you're going to
0: play – I guarantee you that the Phoenix Suns will start to run more of their offense through DA. They tried at the very beginning of this evening. They were instantly shut out of that. They're like, okay, we're going to have to beat you with shooting tonight, which we can because we can beat mm-hmm. you in so many different ways. So there will be nights when we play against, like, the Pelicans tomorrow night. You got them playing against uh, – is Jonas Valanciunas even healthy right now? I don't even know.
1: You know, I don't think that really matters because I think Da really owns him, and I think Da has a good game tomorrow night. I love a exactly. guy game tomorrow night.
0: But but see, when you're playing a team like the Pelicans who have Jonas Valanciunas, they have faith in the player that they're paying X amount of dollars to defend him one on one. So Da is going to have a chance to kick his ass. The Thunder don't have that. They're like they have to play the swarm the interior game against the Suns mm-hmm. because they they have literally if they're sitting there over the whole All-Star break cuz like none of them are in Cleveland at the All-Star game and you got Josh Giddy there and I think he's Australian and I know our Australian yeah. viewers will destroy me if he's, he's not He's good.
1: He's good. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: but but they're sitting there and they're looking at the at the last time they played the Suns they're watching the film they're like, "Dude, DA fucking destroyed us. Do not let this happen." So again, don't jump off a bridge cuz 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 DA is unbelievably important right now with Chris Paul Mm -hmm. being gone. And as you mentioned it, and I thought it was a very valid point and something we're going to continue to say on this podcast until Chris Paul gets back. Every victory without Chris Paul almost feels like 1.5 wins in my opinion. Because they matter so much because every time you win, it's one game closer to the end of the season. It's one game closer to him being back. And it's one game closer to us not losing any ground in the Western Conference because the end goal is to get that number one seed because you don't want to be a two seed who has to play the Memphis Grizzlies potentially in the second round. Or the or if they happen to leapfrog the Warriors, the Warriors in the second round. You want those teams in the Western Conference Finals. Am I afraid of those teams in the second round? Uh no, but I'd rather play them in the Western Conference Finals. Duh.
1: Yeah, and I agree. I agree with everything you said. And just really quick, yeah, Kodakid said DeAndre set the tone defensively with the passing lane steal. Yes. I yeah, defensively he's always awesome, dude. He stepped it up a course in clutch time. Um I don't know. I'm not backtracking what I say. I just Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I don't, and he'll prove me wrong. He will, just like last year when I wanted to trade him, <laughs> he became the best player on the team in the playoffs. He was the MVP of the Suns, so don't listen to me, anybody, all right? But still, okay. watch.
0: Don't listen, but watch. The Ward. Mikael Bridges, I thought, really had a fantastic game. He went. Uh, do, do you know what his final shots and attempts were in this
1: game, Matthew? Yeah, was it your birthday? 10-27 yep. or 10-17? 10-17. <laughs> My bad.
0: Jeez. <laughs> 1017 Woo-hoo. for the Warden. One for five from deep. He was the guy who was missing a lot of those early three-pointers coming off of the hands of Devin Booker. Uh, but he had five rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, and 21 points for the Warden. Uh, his mid-range game continues to excel. You can see that he has definitely taken a page out of playing next to Devin Booker and Cam Johnson, uh, for that matter. Uh, it is funny how he flares his legs out though when he kind of does the the turnaround. When, when, <laughs> yeah. whenever, whenever he does a turnaround jumper, he's like,
1: "Wee!" <laughs> it looks scary, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like he's gonna hurt himself. You know. Um, but he
0: he really uh, is good. As we talked about DeAndre Ayton. Mikail Bridges slash Cam Johnson, in my opinion, have to be paramount to the Suns' success, and the Twins did it tonight. I mean, they both ended with twenty-one. Both starters, both did so in very different fashions, but I definitely think that they, as they go, we're gonna go. Do you agree?
1: Um, I'm still thinking. Well, no, it's up to Aiden for me for sure. (laughs) For no, it is. It's whether or not if Aiden's there and when it's that's it's up to him. But of course, I'll tell, I'll tell you
0: this. What? The Suns didn't go as Aiton went tonight. They won by 20. He only had six points. I know, but I'm
1: talking about crucial games. We're going to need Aiton to step up for sure. And we're not going to be playing the OKC Thunder. And I think Mikhail Bridges, he was just running circles around that defense all night long until someone could mm-hmm. find him. Underneath the basket, even Aaron Holiday had a nice pass to him. So McHale's been doing that, right? He's been doing that lately. And you know, when we're talking about Da, it's like, well, I mean, if he if he picks up his offense, we'll bash him for something else. And I feel like with Mikhail Bridges, we bashed him earlier, probably like a month ago or so, because mm-hmm. he wasn't being aggressive. He didn't. He seemed like he was probably just too tired. Maybe uh, defensively early in the season, he was guarding a lot of the superstars that were actually playing back then. So I think that took a lot of energy out of him. Um, he. He picked it back up to the last month. He's been solid. And I think him and Cam Johnson, it just shows you, man, the future. I know Cam Johnson's playing with Jay Crowd in the starting lineup. He's playing like the two or whatever, because Cam Johnson's he could play every position, I guess. He is <laughs> him and Mikhail, they feed off of each other, man. The energy is real with them. They never stop moving, right? I mean, Mikhail Bridges defensively look great. Him and Booker play well together. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's impossible to stop these guys when they're moving around so much because they're so long. They're they're bigger than – I mean, even Mikael Bridges, very slender, but he, he uses his body very well in the yes. Pace. And Cameron Johnson does too, and he's even a bigger dude. So And they come through in the clutch. I mean, that's, that's every player on the Suns, right? They always come through in the clutch. You know those threes are going to go down. They did it again tonight.
0: Well, and what was interesting about tonight versus some other nights with the Suns, is due to the fact that CP3 was out, your starting five was your closing five. Because I feel like Cam Johnson gets a lot of closing five minutes, especially in the clutch, because he can play defense and is a viable threat scoring and a consistent threat scoring versus Jay Crowder. But it is one of the things, seeing that both Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges were starting this evening, that I was excited for because you mentioned it. They feed off of each other very well. They don't. They both uh, are competitive. They're both friends, but at the same time, they both have a very similar offensive game when it comes to cutting. Obviously, Mikael Bridges doesn't hold a candle to um, Cameron Johnson when it comes to shooting and from three-point shooting. But their aggressiveness and their willingness to continue moving, uh, uh, setting back screens, doing things of that nature is very beneficial for the Suns. And as you mentioned, you know their length is huge too. One thing that was. Uh, that I found entertaining about this game, especially early on, was the fact that the Phoenix Suns were just running, 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 running. And it, and it was Mikael Bridges who was the recipient of a lot of those breakaways, if you will. I mean, he was just, you know, running after every missed rebound or every missed shot that led to a Suns rebound. I mean, he was, it was a layup on the other end. And you don't normally see that with CP3. Because CP3, I mean, Mikael will do it. But CP3, he'll look at him real quick and then he's like, I'm going to run an offensive set. I'm going to, because CP3, like we know, is always playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. He's going to run a specified play because he's going to go back to it later in the game. And due to muscle memory, it's going to take the the opposition out of where they want to be. So I think that, you know, due to CP3's willingness to sacrifice some fast break opportunities for the Phoenix Suns in an effort to try to, master and win the game both the on the scoreboard but you know the mental game as well we don't see as much execution on the fast break as we did tonight and it was nice to see mikhail bridges get warded because he's always hustling you know cam johnson's doing the same thing and he's the guy who when he does a pump fake and he sees a lane like he's going so the the twins both you know again i'm going to stand by that comment uh it'll be really interesting to see over these next just let's say 10 games how the sun's record looks relative to how cam johnson slash mikhail bridges perform
1: mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> the takes were actually the takes to the rim i feel like went up today too even in the half court i feel like booker uh, booker had some solid takes so i think they were just oh, more yeah. aggressive getting to the rim because of chris paul that you pointed out wasn't actually calling out plays like they were kind of just doing the ISO. so the only dumb one was <laughs> Javel McGee who kept getting the ball poked away and later in the fourth quarter is like, you know what? I can take this dude and <laughs> <It just laughs> turns the ball over. I'm like, come on, man.
0: Let's let, let's give him the drop. Let's give him the drop. Double O McGee. He gets it simply because of that play tonight, Matthew. You're spot on. Like he's sitting there, the guy pokes it away. He pokes it away again. He's like, okay, I'm gonna take this motherfucker. Back down, back down, spin, steal. <laughs>
1: Yeah, double team right away team and right almost away. turned the game. You know, of course, there's the Poku dunk on the other end. It's like I'm not going to yeah, get the, any more. Yeah, that, that's the one that
0: led to your boy dunking. That's right. Yeah, you look like Jordan
1: out there, man. That was that was hilarious, dude. I, yeah, just like Kota kids said, I love McGee, man. I, Amen. Even when he did that, I was pissed, and it was just so funny because, of course, he's just like, I'm like, oh, he's gonna pass out of this, right? He's like, no, yeah. like, he, he was backing down for the three point line, dude. Ah, oh, I love it. I love that's that's
0: that's the McGee experience, you know. You you, <laughs> you come for DeAndre Ayton, you leave with the McGee experience in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes it's his aggressiveness on the board. Sometimes it's a unbelievable pick and roll dunk. Sometimes it's him backing down guys from thirty feet away, and he has no business doing it. And it's a guard too. It's like it's not even. It's like a, a a huge center. It's not like he's taking Derek Favors and he's trying to back him down. He's like, no, I'm going to take you know one of the random white guys on the, on, you know, Josh Giddy. I'm going to back down Josh Giddy. Next, thing you know, Poku's throwing down a slam on the other end of the court and the whole crowd and OKC is going wild. It's just like, you got to love JaVale McGee for everything that he does and everything he is, man, because, uh, you know, again, it's w- w- without him. Uh, <laughs> the world would be a little less bright. That's for sure. Big Dick Booker. Just have, I had to do the drop for Devin Booker because, I mean, he, so much of the Sun's success is going to be shouldered upon Devin Booker. And, it, and he's accepting it. He's willing to do so. You saw him navigate this game so much more. He looks so much more mature running point book than he did three years ago with obvious reasons. But it was just something like as I was watching, especially in the fourth quarter, I was like, wow, like Devin Booker, has truly grown up before our eyes and he's a grown ass man now he's got the assets around him that can allow him he he trusts the assets that was the issue back in the day man like he it'd be close at the end of the game. And you knew he didn't trust TJ Warren for shit, man. You couldn't get the ball down to Tyson (laughs) Chandler and hope that good things would happen. He'd have to take the whole franchise on his back and try and try to will us to victory. And now he's just much more mature, much more in control. He did have that one bad pass where he threw it across court to Cam Johnson, went out of bounds. And instead of him like yelling, because remember what Devin Booker used to do? Remember what I used to say about Devin Booker? What what did I used to say about D book?
1: Well, like he used to always just point or like, he he's like, well, to me, he used to just like run back and like pout kind of, you know what I mean? Whenever he didn't get his way. But a lot of it was just the players not being where they're supposed to be. We just never really knew that. Right. It just looked bad for book, bad body language. Well, what did you used to say though? What did you know? Just that, like he used to just throw that? the ball okay. out of bounds and then start like yelling at yeah. the players that they
0: should have been out of bounds yeah. to catch the ball and run down and pout. Yeah. And it used to drive me crazy, man. And now it's just like, his his precision Mm -hmm. pass. he also takes a lot less riskier passes if you actually look at the advanced metrics on bballindex.com they talk about players who take high risk high reward type of passes Mm -hmm. and devin booker's always been that kind of player but he's really over the past two seasons turned. you know he's not in the highest percentile of that metric and it's a it's Not a metric you want to be in because it means you turn the ball over a lot. It's something that he definitely used to do a ton of. Uh in this game, how many turnovers did D book? He only had what four turnovers? I'll take that, man. He had four two turn- in the first quarter, too. So yeah, you know. And and 12, 12 assists to four uh turnovers. It's a three to one assist to ratio uh, to turnover ratio. That's not bad. He is the first Phoenix Suns player with a 25-point, 10 assist, five steal game. Since what player, Matthew?
1: Chris Paul? Nope. Paul Westfall? Nope. Somewhere in between Ooh. there. One uh, more guess. Let me get one more guess. Think about it. Okay,
0: 25 points, so somebody yeah. who could score. 10 assists, so somebody who could distribute. And five
1: steals. Somebody who could definitely play defense. Sean Marion. Jay Kid. Ah, okay, okay. Jason Sinkin' oh, yeah. Sox, got it. yeah, Yeah. Jay um, Kidd. Oh, damn. Yeah, but he was giving haircuts out there tonight, right, Booker? Like those were quick passes. That's the difference between him now and before, where he would be like he would throw the ball like Eric Blood. So he would make sure that the defense knew where he was, where he was going to pass the ball. He'd take time to facilitate the offense and then turn it over. And Booker is just he was finding everybody cross court wherever they were. He was just he knew where the ball was going to go in that play. So that's the way he was tonight. And of course, if you want to go back to the Rasilla podcast. He chose Jason Tatum over Devin Booker. I know, Booker. that pissed me off. That pissed, yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, I understand that Aiden, the Bama, had a bio thing, but dude, Booker right now, I mean, even if you watch this tonight, I bet you he's changing his answer because basically Booker, of course, was the only good player on his team for forever. And he's talking about Tatum already went to the Eastern Conference yeah, Finals. Yeah, that was, was the whole basis of his argument. But that team was so argument. good. That, yes. team was, that team was good, and the next season they were good, and then Tatum turned out to be as if you listen to him on the J.J. Redick podcast, turned out he was actually selfish. The whole team was selfish. They wanted to be, you know, they wanted their ball. They wanted to make sure that they got the ball most of the time, and that just made us think, that made me think. I'm like, damn, I'm so happy to have Devin Booker, a guy that's just so selfless out there, and now he's just a leader of a team that's the best in the Western Conference, like twice, two seasons in a row, so... I think it's crazy. He'll never get his respect at all, even because tonight it was just against the OKC Thunder. It's a twenty-point win, dude. Five yes. minutes left in the game, he took over. The rest of the team helped him. So, and again, that's that's, that.
0: that's the stat of the game for me It's twenty-one and six in the last five minutes. When you know, again, the majority of the NBA crumbles in that situation. And I don't care who you're playing; it's always going to be competition that's tough. You know, you you look at the fact that every team is is playing tonight is having you know tight games and doesn't matter who it is it's the nba the nba is the talented league you know this is an argument i get with my friends sometimes who they they literally think that it's like 2000 like the league isn't nearly as deep as it was back in the 90s i'm like okay old man on the fucking front porch like Holy it's shit. unbelievably deep
1: yeah. you could add two healthy.
0: more teams Yeah, but still, you could add two more teams to the NBA right now, and it'd still be a deep league. There's that much talent in this league and in this world right now, and it's all funneling to the NBA. So Devin Booker, the fact that he's playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder shouldn't matter. Uh, He's putting this team on his back. And again, we'll see tomorrow night. We got the Pelicans. uh, But I mean, the Phoenix Suns continue to roll even without Chris Paul. And Russillo took an L in that podcast for me, and I like Ryan Russillo a lot. And he's a huge Suns fan. Like he, he's a supporter of the Suns, and I do appreciate that. He's a
1: big Chris Paul fan.
0: He is. He's a huge Chris Paul fan. Mm -hmm. But I think that you know he, his take on Devin Booker over Jason, because that's for those of you who didn't listen, don't listen to the Right and Rasilla podcast. Essentially, what they did is they had a segment where they went through and they named two players and they said you can get this player for the next five years, and they said A or B, and it was like Jason Tatum or Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo or DeAndre Ayton, and the Booker one just didn't make sense to me because he's like, well, he's been to the two eastern conference finals already it's like yeah this, and, and Devin <laughs> Booker's been to one NBA finals when he finally got mm-hmm. some good players around him Jason Tatum came into the league with good players around him why because they got all the Nets picks who were a shitty team so they were a good team who kept adding young draft picked and assets to that team whereas the Suns were always in the lottery and couldn't get out of the lottery and they finally got out of the lottery through good solid drafting some quality transactions so uh, again sorry yeah. for that little it, no it's little okay little people
1: need to make up their mind with this tatum thing because yeah um kotak said he's good offensively but i feel like one one week he's the worst he can't play with Jalen brown i've always yeah. said that they can't play with each other Then they win two then the games. Next week he's the mvp or something like he's the most improved player they're gonna win the championship this year because they're won eight games in a row it's like dude every team in the league won eight games in a row this year like we gotta the have done it this, like three times this thing with jason tatum drives me nuts i know he's a good player but i just don't understand the sexiness of it. What did he, and he's joked around like he's still 19 years old. It's like, that was always a thing. It's like, oh, he's only 19. Yeah. He's only 21 or whatever. Still now, but uh, who cares? All right, I don't, sorry. It,
0: it, it's because Boston, <laughs> it, the, Boston is that team on the East coast. That's like the Lakers on the West coast. You know, they're the team that's won a ton of championships. They're, they're basketball royalty. It's like if the Knicks or the, or the Boston Celtics have anybody on their team, who's who can make 20 points a game. Like he's on the side of a Gatorade, the uh, bottle and he's doing Nike commercials. I mean, that's just the way the league works. And we know that because we're yeah. Phoenix and we're kind of stuck in the middle of, you know, we're one of the mid-level teams that are like, give us some fucking respect, you know? And it's just, it never will happen and we'll continue to bitch and moan about <laughs> it. And that's just kind of the way it goes, you know? So, uh, but with this win for the Phoenix Suns, they have now won eight in a row. And what is it? Uh, 19 of their last 20, I think it is. I mean, it's just, sure. Yeah, you insane. know, they're 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 49 and 10. Uh, God, I'm so pissed about tomorrow, man, because not only is it like our 300th episode and I won't be there for the entire episode. So Coach Evan B, I think you're watching. If you want to come on, please do. Yeah, if you want to come on, please hit <laughs> me up. Hey, you DM know? me, dude. yeah, it's a slide <laughs> into the DMs. Uh, but I'll be traveling back from uh, Sacramento to Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. But the Suns could be 50 and 10. Like what a round Podcast 350 and 10. I mean, it's yeah, just,
1: way to round beautiful. up, right? Yeah. It does,
0: it does, but it, does. It, could, it could be if they if they beat the the uh Pelicans tomorrow, that's mm-hmm. what it could be. Uh, talking real quick about the Thunder team, I always like to talk about the opposition for a little bit on the pod. Uh, they obviously are you know a young team that has some really good talent. Shane Alexander kind of annoyed me tonight, man. I felt he was getting away with a lot of offensive fouls. He does a lot of arm leading stuff. When he goes up to the, to the basket, his arm is out. Like he's, you know, going up for a Heisman uh, when he's going down the lane, he throws his elbows around and not a lot of them were called. I know that John Bloom even said on the broadcast, it's like, you know, he's got 15 points and a ton of offensive fouls that aren't being called. So it's just, uh you know, what, what do you see from SGA? Is, is he worth all the hype
1: uh, or am I just a petty son of a bitch? No, I think he is. I think it's just a really weird uh, year for the OKC Thunder because they went from being a team where it's like, hey, go add add an all-star. See how this works out this year. Maybe you can make the play-in tournament because they started off pretty well, right? They got a lot of good young players. They're very confident. They play team ball. Uh, I think he's, of course, the all-star. He didn't make it this year, but if he was healthy, he might have made it. Who knows? But he just had an off night tonight. I didn't like what I saw even offensively just from shooting the three. Took some bad shots late in the game. Um, but he's not usually that player. I've always been a big fan of him, man. I think that, uh, yeah, yeah, Alexander carried multiple times. I mean, that's yeah. just the thing nowadays, you know, you got the John Morant's in there that are they're just carrying the ball, so you have to just kind of put that aside and just be like, these guys are gonna travel and you have to watch them and enjoy it, I guess. But uh, SGA, <laughs> he's no, he's seriously, he's a guy that. I think has a big future there. They just need to build around him, man. It's just it's still it's one of those years that's just like another throwaway year, another tanking season. Imagine being that player having to play through that year after hmm. year.
0: Devin Booker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay, stick
1: with it, I guess, right?
0: You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and he's definitely the guy that they've chosen to build around because Yeah. His contract doesn't even st- Kick in until next year. He this year he's making $5.4 million a year. Next year it's 29.7. The following year it's 32.1, then 34.5, 36.8, then then 39.2. That's 2027, is when he'll be an unrestricted free agent. So there's a lot of pieces there, and they're trying to find the right pieces to go next to him. I'll ask you this, Matthew. First off, what do you think of Josh Giddy? And do you think he is a piece that they should keep there? Next to SGA.
1: Yes, I love Josh Kitty. Um, there's a thing with these players, you know, it reminds me when the Suns, of course, were drafting Young. You um, even when you see Poku out there, it just seems like he has the confidence in his game, even though he'll throw up the air ball like he did in the game, it <laughs> just overshoots the basket. Uh, but Giddy, if he can get a jump shot, he's something really special. I think he plays very, very hard. He knows his game. He's a great passer. He's a big yeah. dude. I mean, he had that lane against McGee where he just basically, you know, McGee was a little bit off balance, but he just took him over. You know, he just pushed him out of the way, got the lay in and got the foul. So he he has a game there. I don't know how what his ceiling is. It's very unique. How he yeah. came into the league where he's just a passer, and you know, I I'm not gonna say like a Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons learned to play defense. He's a good defensive player. I just think Giddy has that confidence of where he was playing since such a young age overseas, where he comes over here and he just plays his game, dude. I think that's all it is. If he doesn't second guess himself, like a lot of these guys come in the league, then he'll be fine because he's already mm-hmm. a good player. So just do what you do, good right now, and I think they can keep him in SGA. Hopefully, I would. I kind of like Giddy over SGA. I love. I think well, and that's has my question. You know, now
0: I you know, my question would be like, do you keep they're both great distributors? And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, do you keep one because he's a better distributor than the other? But like Giddy's six foot eight. So he's definitely not a your traditional point guard. So do you as a franchise go, okay, SGA and Giddy is our backcourt because Giddy's classified as a shooting guard again, six foot eight. Dude's 19 years old. And I was trying to think like who does he remind me of? Uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Tony Um, uh, probably because there's the, the the foreign player aspect to it. There's very he's very fluid. Uh, he's got a nice mid-range game, and he can and he can pass the ball. And he's a connector. That's he's a great connector. And if you have him and SGA, SGA becomes almost more of your they 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 both become your point guard slash shooting guard. And it's a very versatile off uh, offense. And then what they need to do is surround him with some. Quality wings and a, and a decent big man, and they're trying there, and they have the assets. Obviously, do anything they fucking want, you know. But you look at what he did tonight. He had uh 15 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. He's been a triple-double machine this this entire season. He's averaging 12.4 points, uh 7.9 rebounds, and six four-point assists as a rookie, as a 19-year-old rookie. Like this, this kid's legit, man. It's he's somebody who you have to keep your eyes on on what Oklahoma City is doing because he also, if they wanna and they've already gone all in on SGA. Like they're committed to SGDA. And I know Matthew, his favorite what, what's Matthew's favorite line?
1: Mm. Contracts
0: don't matter, right? <laughs> but if contracts don't matter, you have him, you have Giddy, you have SGA, you have Giddy, and you have Dort as well. You we always right?
1: bring this stuff up. But it's true you're, though. You're right. I know you're it's the, true. you're the one who, I who at this the beginning the of the NBA. season.
0: In Uh the beginning of the season, you called Porzingis getting traded. I was like, there's no way it's going to happen. His contract's too big. And you're like, contracts don't fucking matter, John. I tell you this shit all the time, John. John, contracts don't fucking matter. That's what you always tell me. I'm like, no, man, but it matters, the money. You're like, it do not fucking matter, John. I'm like, okay, Matthew, you're right. But at the same time, it's like they're starting to get this little (laughs) backlog at guard, right? Because, again, Uh you you have uh, Lou Dort as well. So it's almost like the... And I know, I'm sorry, James, because we're going like way too far down. Like uh, I don't know what uh, we're talking about now, but Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, Those gummies are kicking in. Oklahoma City, Thunder. Uh, uh, but uh, Oklahoma City, Thunder, roster construction. But like Lou Dort, he, he's uh, got a club option for next year then becomes an unrestricted free agent. He's a great defensive player. So it's like, it's just going to be interesting to see what they mm-hmm. do with their team uh, moving forward. It's just going to be interesting. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, but the they No, I know, but it, they'll get younger and younger. Anytime someone crosses the line of twenty-one, they're like, "You're out of here," <laughs> you know. Yeah, so exactly. SGA will be the next one out, but they can play together. Someone in the comments, they can. They, they're just super young. They need like that guy, the the veteran presence in there, right? Like not not a Chris Paul, but someone. definitely, has been
0: but yeah, you need. Yes, yeah. you definitely need outside uh, source. Somebody who's a veteran to go there, and like you, they had Al Horford, but then they didn't play him. They had Kemba yeah. Walker, but then they didn't play him. So it's like they bring in the veterans, but yeah, they, they don't do the play mix. him So I don't. Yeah, I know. I don't even fucking know. But uh, let, let, let's dish out some hot. way. <laughs> star
1: of the game.
0: All right, Jamsters, this is a reminder: if you're watching along live on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button and you can hit that little bell notification, which will remind you that we are going live, which is after every Phoenix Suns game, but also not after every Suns game. Go back and check out our last podcast. It was the Jammies, the Mid-Season Jammy Awards. Always a quality watch and listen. And if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know in the comment who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I don't think it's a contest, but I'll ask you anyway. Matthew, your jam star of the game is... Devin Booker, Big
1: Dick oh, Book, yeah, Big point book. He was slinging it, dude, all
0: over. Yes, yes, he, he was, was for sure, of, man. A lot of the Jamsters are saying the same. Fabio, Alfred Payton, his best game this season. <laughs> as I look at the box, <laughs> and Koda kid, kid gives it to Aaron Holiday, and that that's a, that's a, one question we didn't really talk about. So I guess we can bring it up right here as the Jamsters mm-hmm. continue to tell us that Big Dick Book. Big Dick book is the jam star of the game. It's interesting how Monty Williams chose to go with Aaron holiday as his first off the bench as back at the backup point guard position, but not just his first off the bench, his only off the bench, Alfred Payton logged a grand total tonight of zero minutes. What do you think about that? Is that a trend we will see moving forward?
1: I, I like it because I think it's a hot hand. I think you got to ride holiday because he came in here off the trade. A lot of trades when they first happened, the team's, we know that they receive a player that can get the team some momentum. I think that was Aaron holiday, right? Juice comes back. We know what he brings, but Aaron holiday at the point guard position. Now that Chris Paul's out, you know that he was playing good, right? I mean, he, he had some good moments in the last few games that he was playing with the Suns before the all-star break, but they were just more dynamic than anything Peyton brings. So you want to continue to ride that kind of just the way, like they kind of ride McGee and Biombo. And Biambo. Didn't play tonight either. Yeah. The on the shelf. Yeah. 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 Daniel yeah. Thompson. Yeah. But and just for right now, but I'm just saying, I I like Aaron, whatever he is doing. T- Turning around, hitting the three, talking shit to the crowd behind him. I love that he's part. This is like what the Suns need. They need that energy off the bench with the point guard position. They missed it when Campaign went out. Now they got it with Aaron Holiday. Not, of course, at the extent that Campaign could play offensively, but I just I love what he brings to it. I feel comfortable with him on the court.
0: Yeah, he he gets. Not only does he get the job done. Uh, but he does so in a manner that feels impactful. You know, every time Alfred Payton scores two points, you're like, oh, because it's like that push. I know. It's like, yeah. you know, you're going, like, going, going, go you know, yeah, you but, like ride with the ball on the rim. Yeah, oh, exactly. Come on. on. <laughs> but I mean, so again, we'll, we'll see. I, I definitely think that Monty will play this by matchup. And as you mentioned, play it by hot hand. The guy who's providing the the biggest spark continually for this team will get Get the opportunity to play. I mean, it's it's basketball capitalism at its finest. So why not try to uh, uh, promote the best guy gets an opportunity to play? And Aaron Holiday, over the you know leading into the All Star break, has been that guy. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward how the Phoenix Suns navigate those minutes. Uh, looking forward for the Phoenix Suns right back in action tomorrow night. They're playing the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the CJ mccollin led. New Orleans Pelicans, Matthew, tell me what you think
1: of that. I'm excited. He seems to be excited to be there, right? I, I'm yes. excited to see him there. We've always wanted him to be traded. How does he maneuver this franchise around Zion? How does he take over to be the guy now in new Orleans? Cause you know, Zion's not coming back ever again. He's not playing one game with the Pelicans. I don't see it happening. <laughs> I don't. So CJ has to figure something out with his team. Um, has he played one game yet? He has, right? Yeah, he's played five games. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 28.4 points a game. Yeah, okay. he's going Woo! off so far. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, did you see I mean, the other see, thing? It's he's weird doing... to see it. What is he doing?
0: <laughs> the other thing he's been doing is like on Twitter, he's like, What's the best place to eat in New Orleans? And somebody will give him a bunch of recommendations. I forget who, uh, but then somebody tweeted afterwards, like it might have been JJ Reddick, like, dude, I gave you like 40 different recommendations, and now you're still asking other places to go. So he doesn't, he doesn't know like where to eat there.
1: <laughs> I think he's just trying to get engaged with the fan base, right? That's the best way. I guess That's where to eat. We always talk yeah, about food. I, yeah. True. What We do at true. work. We just talk about food all day, food,
0: weather, and sports.
1: Yep. Oh, well, is it hot in here?
0: Yeah. Jeez, man. I could really go for a sandwich. How about that sun's game later tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just go back to work in your cubicle. Mm-hmm. You go. Yeah. Cause you're all cattle. Uh, now, I'm excited to see this game. I, I I won't see it. I'll be in the air. So I don't get to watch it. I'm actually kind of frustrated. But the Portland or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Portland Trailblazers, the, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, 23 and 36 entering this game. They're currently in 12th place in the Western Conference, a team that is fighting to get into the play in. They're only a game and a half behind the Portland Trailblazers who are getting waxed tonight by the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. But. You know, CJ McCollum's definitely going to turn this team around. There's no Josh Hart there, so I don't know, you know, what to think anymore because Josh Hart was, uh, you know, the guy. But it's, you, you look at earlier in the season, their matchups against the Phoenix Suns, uh, they've lost twice to the Suns. Um, it doesn't really matter because they're different teams now. So uh, you can't really pull anything off of the history because of all the, the deals they made at the deadline. But I will tell you this about the Pelicans. Uh, they, this is going to be their first game coming out of the all-star break. Uh, they're going to be well-rested Phoenix has to hopefully fly out of Oklahoma city tonight. It was like 29 degrees. I guess Monty Williams had a drive from Houston to Oklahoma city just to come to this game. Cause the weather was bad and his flight got canceled coming out of Houston to Oklahoma city. So you know, they got to come home. They'll get home at like two in the morning. Uh, and then hopefully they stay. They keep the rhythm that they had tonight. You know, Dem Booker 38 minutes tonight. So hopefully they keep that mm-hmm. rhythm that they had tonight. And they come out and they win number 50 tomorrow, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, we can maybe see some Biombo tomorrow night, too. I'm, I'd be happy to see him play again.
0: You know, if they if there is a return of the Mac, uh, then it's a guaranteed win because the Suns haven't lost since yeah, he's gone. they yeah saving in the for special lineup. moments.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Against the. The New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson. So, um, anything else you
1: want to talk about before we get out of here tonight, Matthew? Uh, let me scroll through my notes really quick. Yeah, you what know, what you I think that's it. I go over Chris Ryan Rossillo enough. <clears throat> yeah, I think I did that.
0: <laughs> I really have been enjoying the Rosillo podcast. It's something that, huh? as I've been traveling a lot more, I have time to listen to podcasts more. I mean, mm-hmm. you listen to pods at work, right? It's like kind of what yeah, you do. Yeah,
1: usually Russillo, Ben, Bill Simmons.
0: Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I, when I'm traveling, and I don't got much to do. I'm like I'm, I'll start listening to Russillo, and I really enjoy his his pod. Uh, I was just I was really disappointed that he gives the Suns so much love, uh, but didn't didn't give us not any Devin love. Booker, not our yeah. best player. Yeah, Fucking just CP3. Nuts. Well, we got a little bit of time, so I guess we can do one of these childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. Everybody's favorite part of the podcast, where Matthew and I sit there and we go over our childhoods and just how fucked up they were. Does anybody have any suggestions in the chat on what we could talk about today? Or Matthew, do you have any childhood trauma that you just want to kind of put out to the universe? No, I feel like
1: I I had one the other night I was thinking about and I totally forgot about it. For some reason, I don't note these things. So um, if you have one, go for it. If not... Steve Nash oh, trauma.
0: Steve Nash in the, Roy in the chat, Steve oh. Nash trauma.
1: <laughs> I'll tell a story. So I wasn't really a child. I was actually 18 years old. Okay. So, you know, I still legally you were not a child. Yeah, I was, I was a grown man. No, I wasn't yeah. 18. I was actually 17. So I wasn't. Legally,
0: you were a child.
1: Yeah. So I used to work at a place called Brugger's Bagels down on a roll in Chandler Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked there like full time when I was 17. And one day it was like super, super um Super not busy. I don't know why I built that up like that. Whoa, but, that was um, so not busy. <laughs> How a really great storyteller. <laughs> so uh it was just me and I was closing by myself. It was like two o'clock. And I this guy comes in, long hair, and I'm just gonna say he looked like Steve Nash. But I think like when you see a player in real life, they don't look in like a like a celebrity, they don't look like them, right? Like they kind of just he wasn't wearing his jersey you know he wasn't wearing his jersey right but he had two twin daughters like nash does yeah yeah yeah. and he was in there and i think i was just maybe so starstruck that i just didn't want to actually think it was steve nash i was just thinking like this no way this is steve nash right and my sister chrissy at the time came in and she's like dude she's all is that steve nash over there because it was just him and his two girls eating over there i'm like i don't know she's like i think that's steve nash dude and I'm like, no, I don't know. And then more and more I looked. I'm like, dude, I think that's fucking Steve Nash. So Steve Nash might have been at Brugger's Bagels that day. And I might have <laughs> just messed it all up. Because now I think about it because he had the long hair. He looked just like him. And I'm what just. What the hell I think was I, he doing at Rural in, and Chandler? Because, well, actually, over there right near the freeway yeah. on the other side like where Mari Starmer lives at Albuquerque Foothills. So maybe he was driving back. Yeah. He's like, I'll just grab a bagel. We just went swimming over there because they went swimming. He was changing his girls in the back of the car or whatever after, uh, after they had bagels or whatever. So I don't know. I'm, I'll just say it was Steve Nash. So. Go ahead, wow! Man. Wow! Uh,
0: that's terrible. Huh? <laughs> I'm I, uh, that was trauma for me just hearing you say how busy you were. You're like we were super, super slow. I'm like <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have any good like work trauma. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: my so was that your first job ever? Was working at a bagel shop?
1: No, I used to do floor covering when I was like 13. Uh, oh, that's right. That's that time, right. yeah, the yeah.
0: Family business. Um, My first job ever was at a dry cleaners. Dry cleaners is still there to this day. Uh, it used to be the $1.75 dry cleaners. It's on Thirty-sixth Street and Indian School. Uh, it's now like two twenty-five, two seventy-five, eight seventy-five, whatever they cart charge for dry cleaning. Uh, but that was my first job ever, and I'll never forget my first day of work. Um, went in and had to start filling out paperwork, and they ask you for like your social security number, uh, your social security number, and I was like fifteen. And I didn't know it. So I was like, oh, uh, I just need to go to the bathroom real quick. And I like I exited the building, went across the street. There was a blimpy there that had a pay phone out front because this is before cell phones. It's like 1997. and I had to call my mom like, mom, what's my cell phone number? Or, or I'm sorry, what's my what's my social security number? I went back. I finished filling out the paperwork. I started working. I went and, I, and it was one of my really, really good friends who's still one of my really good friends to this day. She was training me. And I was, she was training me for like 30 minutes. She's like, I have to leave. I'll be back later. Cause she had some. And so I was all by myself at the front of a dry cleaning store. had no idea what I was doing. And I remember just like that. Oh shit moment. And we've all had those. Oh shit moments at work where you've been left alone and you've had to learn on your own. It's like, I swear every job that's happened to me. Like my first job working at the West end when I was there in 2007 was literally, I was my, my buddy who I, used to work with dry cleaners. After I got off active duty army, I got a job working there. He was my supervisor. And I was like, we were literally in like my boss's uh, uh, office all day, just bullshitting. And I'm like, is this the job dude? Like, shouldn't we, you know, I'm a, I was a bellman at the Westin and all of a sudden somebody comes back like, dude, there's some people who need a, a golf cart ride over to the main hotel. And my supervisor gave me the keys. He's like, take them over there. I'm like, I had no idea where the fuck I was going. So I get in the golf cart right now as I'm driving, all of a sudden the alarm starts going off and it just goes beep. And, I, and like I jumped out, and everyone, you know, the people are laughing at me. And they're like, eh. I'm like "Okay, yeah. I don't know what that was. I don't know what I did." I get in and I start. I drop. I drop them off, and then I somehow I figured it out. I just looked at the big building, and drove towards it, and on the way back, same thing happened. It started beeping at me, and I jumped out again. And it happened like two more times. I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing wrong?" And I realized when you put your feet down, one foot's on the gas pedal, the other foot's just like underneath the cup holder. Underneath the cup holder's a, a button where the horn is. Oh. <laughs> I was just beeping it the whole time and I just felt like a fucking idiot. So, uh, oh, okay. Not really childhood trauma, but just yeah, like first, man. first job trauma, man. Like I swear, I swear like every time I've started a new job, those dude, those Ugh. old shit
1: moments are the worst. Oh, I had that a lot. It's like, you're stuck busy and you run out of cash. You have to go next door to get cash. Oh, my and give people change. And I'm running around with money. like
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Outside also, store? Like working like I in food, them. like obviously like I manage restaurants now and I know what it's like. Like if, if you're not timely with people's food or there's a wait for food, you can just see people's faces get pissed and more pissed because they're hangry. It's so you got to, like, it's a zombie horde of hangry motherfuckers. And you're just like the cashier, just like, I need to get changed. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, uh, I know and that place closed down though. I think eventually, because we sucked at running it. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the sun's jam session podcast. We'll be coming to you live for show number 300 tomorrow night. Three hundred. Uh Coach already said that he's in to help. So Did he? Thank you, Coach. Yep, he, he hit me up on uh, – he slid into the DMs and mm-hmm. said, hey. Uh, he said, yes, sir. So thank you, Coach. We appreciate you helping us on show number 300. Very cool, man. Hopefully, it is the Suns defeating the Pelicans for a 50-10 and 10 record. Uh, but mm-hmm. until then, Jamsters, again, thank you for hanging around here and having a – a fun time with us after another sun's victory make sure you subscribe rate and review you can follow the show at sun's jam on twitter you can follow me at dark can follow matthew and matthew lucy and that's all i got uh see you maybe at the back end of the tomorrow show i, I land about 9 10 so hopefully all
1: right yeah we'll see you for sure you always pop on and uh, everybody else snort your poppers go home love your family